You're listening to Faith Assembly of God Online, a recording of our weekly service. Thanks for joining with us, a place where hope and reality converge. If we're going to go where we've never gone before, we're going to need to listen like we've never listened before. When we've gone somewhere we've gone before, we rely off a of memory. We're, we're familiar with the place. But in order for us to go where we've never gone before, we've got to be intent to hear the instructions and to follow the instructions that are given to us. You've been places before, and sometimes you can travel places with your eyes closed because you're familiar with it. You know where you've been. You know how to get there. You know what it looks like. And God is not wanting us to relive or to go to places where we've gone before. He wants us to go to places where we've never been. And in order to travel those places, we must be intent to hear the voice of God and to hear him speaking to us. Hearing like it says in the Old Testament, the prophet who said these words and he said that the Spirit of the Lord will speak and he'll say, this is the way, walk in it, as he gives direction to our steps, as he gives order to us. If we're going to see God take us where we've never been before, then we must be people who have ears to listen like we've never listened before. We begin, we've looked at this, this legacy journey and our calling to live legendary and to leave a legacy. To live legendary, the thing that stories are told of, or the, the things that, that become highlights of things that God is able to do and God has done. Heard the story of a young boy who had brought his report card home and it's report card season just uh, not too long ago. This young man brings his report card home and he hands it to his father and his father looks over the report card and one letter stands out to him and he says to the young man, he says, what's this C mean? And the young boy said, well, it means I didn't fail. And dad said, well, if it means you didn't fail, then what does it tell us? The young boy looked, he said, I don't know, I guess... That it's average. And the father looked him in the eyes and he smiled slightly and he handed him the report card. He said, son, I didn't bring you into this world for you to be average. I didn't bring you and call you to be at a place that's average. And in our lives, we've got to be careful that we don't define success as just average. That we don't define the great things of God of just as long as we get by. As long as we keep things in order and content. That Jesus, what he did for us was not so that we could be an average person or an average Christian. But that God might call us to rise to levels, to places that we've never been before. Now, I believe one of the most dangerous things... One of, the most, one of the most tragic things in the church and in a Christian culture is when we arrive to a place of average or we reach a place of blending in. A place of, of, of just ordinary. It's not standing out. It's not anything of, of high regard or, or, or higher standard. It's just fitting in. A great letdown of the disciple or one who's following Jesus is that they remain an average. They remain in the ordinary places or they remain in the places of familiarity. But as we become disciples of Christ, I believe that as we follow him, he will indeed take us to places we have never been before. And ultimately to take us to a place that he's prepared for us, a place that we've never been before, that we will spend eternity with him forever. That as we follow Jesus, He's going to take us where we've never been before. Here's the reality, though. I'd rather stay where I've always been. Don't look at me like that. You know you're the same way. Isn't that the truth of our lives? If I don't want to shake things up too much. I don't, want to, I don't want to change things too drastic. I don't want it to get too difficult or things to become too much. In Luke 8, if you'll look at Luke 8 with me this morning... 
If we're going to live legendary, then we must learn to listen like we've never listened before. Listen carefully. Listening is the difference between hearing it and getting it. It's the difference between hearing it and getting it. How many know just because you hear something doesn't mean you get it? We just had this conversation in our house this week. Hey, I told you to do this. Conversation from parent to child. Hey, I told you to do this. Oh, I didn't hear you. But you were right there when I told you. Oh, I mustn't have been listening. Well, I know you weren't listening. How many know that you can hear something? And here's the weird thing. This conversation we had, even when the conversation was had in the moment, the student acknowledged yes to what was said. And then a couple days later, oh, I didn't hear you. Now, I want you to know it's not just teenagers. Oh, I didn't hear you. I, I, this, this ability to listen, look at what it says in Luke chapter 8. Jesus, of course, is telling a story, a parable, and this is his way of communicating. And he shares truth and parables. And he tells this story in Luke chapter 8. I'm reading from the New International Version this morning. The NIV in Luke chapter 8 verse 5. Here's what it says. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he had said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. You've heard this verse before, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus, of course, is is making that his statement. He's making that the conclusion of the story he just told. And the end of the story is this, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. The disciples say, Lord, we don't understand what you're saying. And Jesus says, I speak to parable, speak in parables. And those who, who, who don't understand, those who are not of us or of the kingdom don't understand. But I speak in this way. And if you're a part of me, you understand and you see. Jesus goes along and he dis- defines and gives definition to what this story is about. Verse 11, he says, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe it for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. I want you to jump down to verse 18. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Jesus says these words to us. He says, therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they think they have, will be taken away from them. Father, this morning I pray that you would give us ears to hear your word. God, that we would, would, uh, Lord, not only hear, but God, bring us to understanding. I pray, God, that that understanding would give way to transformation. That, Lord, we would go from just being on the footpath... God, to be in mature. 
and Lord, producing. So God, I pray that you would help us, Lord, our soil to be ready today, the, the, the soil of our heart ready to receive your word and to allow it to produce in our lives an abundance. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Jesus is challenging them in their listening skills. He's encouraging them to make sure that they listen properly, that that to understand if you're going to be a part of the kingdom. He says this, that it is the soil of of the heart that receives the word. That if it receives the word properly, how many know that the seed is good? The seed is always good. The seed is the word of God. It is Fruitful. The Bible says this of the word itself. It says that it will not return void. That it will produce what God has intended for it to produce. It will not come back empty. God's word is powerful. When you live and apply God's word in your life, you cannot help but produce. You say, well, there have been times that I've tried to stand on the word of God and it didn't change my circumstance. And that might be because God is more concerned with changing you than he is changing your circumstance. He's more concerned with developing the soil so that the soil might produce. God doesn't want the circumstance to produce. Our produce or what we receive from God is not from the circumstances around us but from the work of God that is on the inside of us. If we're going to have good soil and it's going to produce something, it's going to be because the seed has taken root on the inside. No farmer ever looks and plants seed and when he plants seed says, well, I'm glad all the other fields are doing well. And all the, pro- all the produce and all the abundance is on the outside. No, he expects it to take root and grow on the inside. God is not judging, and we've got to look at our, our lives, that we don't judge our relationship with God based on how, how good things are outside of us. We sometimes judge our relationship with God by, well, everything's going good. Everything must be good with God. The danger with that is when everything's not good, we somehow might feel like God has abandoned us. But how many know even in those seasons, he remains faithful? That he is not, our relationship with God is not qualified by how good things are on the outside of us. It's by how good things are and how things are growing and developing on the inside of us. It's what God is producing on the inside of us. So how is your soil? How are the things producing in your life? Here's the other reason why it's dangerous to live and expect good things to happen on the outside. The reason that happens as well is because we oftentimes then only let our relationship with God go to the level to where everything is comfortable around us. As long as everything is good and our pursuit of God becomes whenever things aren't good, well, then I've got to look to God and try and get this back in order. If you remember last week, we talked about Jonah and Jonah, as he was on the boat, it wasn't enough for him to, for the people to throw the stuff overboard or to try and row harder. But Jonah had to fall into the, into, the, into the water. He had to fall to the place of submission, of just giving in and trusting God, believing God in that season, in that moment. I want to look at our, at our soil, the, 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 the fruit that's producing inside of us. If we listen with the right set of ears... I remember being in grade school and the teacher would... Every time she'd get ready to say something important, she said, now put on your listening ears. You remember that in grade school? You had a teacher like mine? And she would, she would even tell us, you know, pretend. And we'd have to take, take our ears out of the desk and put them on so we could get ready to listen. She wanted our attention. Put on your listening ears. And here's what Jesus says, that if we listen properly, that we, our ground will be fertile and that we will produce a hundred times more. How many know that's something to write home about? 
That's something to celebrate, that the, it is producing a hundred times more, that the fruit of God's Spirit is working on the inside of us, and it's producing. Let me ask you today, are you producing love? Are you producing joy? Are you producing peace? Are you producing patience? Are you producing long-suffering? Are you producing these things that God has desired, these things that God wants in our lives, that He wants the soil of us to be good, that we produce a hundred times more? How many want to produce a hundred times more for the glory of God then he says it's all connected to how well we listen it's not by what we do by itself but it's by what we hear and how we respond to the word of God that we live by faith Luke 8 verse 8 says this Jesus says these words whoever has ears to hear let him hear you notice Jesus is the only one who ever says this In Revelation, we hear it over and over again as he's talking to the churches in Revelation. He says, whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. That he's he's saying this word. Whenever Jesus is saying, whoever has ears, he's kind of like the grade school teacher taking taking the moment and saying, hey, put on your listening ears. Get ready because I'm about to say something that you need to hear. And this, this if you have ears to hear, Jesus is saying, this is not a matter of can you hear. This is a matter of are you willing to hear. This is not a matter of can you hear what I'm saying this is a matter of are you willing there's not one of us here that is not able to hear the voice of God you might say well I don't I don't listen or I don't hear as well as so-and-so I'm not gifted like the pastor or like the evangelist or or like this teacher or like this person I don't have what they have God is not looking at you today saying I want you to be like so-and-so he's looking at you today saying if you'll just use the ears that I've given you if you have ears Notice he didn't say, if you have great wisdom, if you have great understanding, if you have great intellect. No, he said, if you have ears, if you have ears to hear. And that comes to this word that he's using there is he's saying it's not a matter of can you, it's a matter of are you willing. And you've got to ask, we've got to ask ourselves that this morning, that not only can I hear, it's not one thing to say, God, can I hear what you're saying, what you're saying? It's a matter of saying, God, am I willing to listen to what you're saying? Because even as I listen, I might not always like what I'm hearing. I might not always like the things that are coming about. The things that God is wanting to stretch and grow and do inside of our lives. But this ears to hear. I like what he says in verse 18. And this is, a, this is a word that in this verse here he says, Therefore consider carefully how you listen. Consider carefully how you listen. Would you just say to God right now under your breath, Lord, help me to listen like I've never listened before. God, help me to hear your voice. Help me to hear your word. Hear what you're speaking in this day and in this hour. Jesus, of course, says, listen carefully to how you're listening. And then he gives us four examples of how we can listen. Four examples of how we can receive the word of God. Now, you've been at one of these points in your life. There's not one person. Don't don't misunderstand this. Jesus is not saying these are different fields. This is one field. The farmer is scattering his seed and he's scattering it in one field. We sometimes think in our mind, oh, this is four different fields. There's the field that has the pathway. There's the field that has the rocky soil. There's the field that has the, 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 uh, the thorns. And then there's the field that's good. No, Jesus said this all right where it is, is good. It all depends how we process and how we work. This is the field. So I'm not asking you today to put yourself in the category of where you are. I'm asking you today, what ears do you have as you're receiving? 
receiving. What, what ears? The, the, the kernel, the, the ears. Some of us, some of us have the, the popcorn stuck in our ears. We're not, the, the ears of corn, we're not listening too well. It's, it's stuffed in there. But what is it? How are we listening? And how we listen determines the condition of our soil. It, can, it determines where we are. And here's what Jesus says. The first person, he said the seed was put on the footpath. And as it went on the footpath, there were those that were walking. Let me tell you why this was the footpath. Because as that farmer would sow the seed, guess where he walked? He would walk in a pattern and in a place and some of the seed fell where he's walking. As he scattered the seed, some of it fell on the place that he was walking. That was called the footpath and it became the common area that others would come behind and it was the footpath. But what was meant to do that it, as it was scattered, there might be some seed that fell on the footpath, the place that he was walking. He was supposed to go behind and then plow and cover up that seed. But if he didn't go back and plow and cover up the seed, then it became exposed to the birds who were able to come and eat how many know the picture that the bible speaks of many times when it says that the birds come and eat from there how many know that often refers to things that are dead the birds come and eat in nehemiah in in, in, uh, nehemiah as he's there on the wall and uh, things that were that were happening they talk about areas throughout scripture but even as joseph as he's giving the story of uh, the one who is in prison with him and he interprets his dream and the dream was this i was the bread baker the bread uh, baker he said i got the the bread and i'm holding it there but the birds are eating from the top of the basket joseph responds says that's not good if the birds are eating out of the top, your represents death. How many know if the birds are eating, it means your faith has not taken root. It's at a place where the enemy is coming and taking. Jesus says it's on the footpath. Listen, just because it fell on the footpath doesn't mean it's lost. You might be here today and you say some of that seed has fallen on the footpath. The common places, I've heard the word of God, but I've not responded to it. It's just in the common area where I walk, but I've not gone back yet to cultivate. I've not gone back yet to cover and to apply that. You may have grown up in church all your life. And you know what? You grew up along the footpath where that's walking and it's going, but you've never cultivated it for yourself. It became mom and dad's faith or someone else's faith, but it never became yours because it just fell on the footpath. But God's saying to you today, that if you have ears, don't listen in, in that way to disregard, but go back and cultivate. Make the decisions for yourself and, and allow your faith in Christ to be able to grow. Don't let it just be in the common area. He says, be careful of, uh, of these things. Some fell on the footpath. The enemy comes and he steals it before it can even grow. He says the second soil or type of soil or way of listening. He said the second one fell on shallow soil with rocks. That were close to the, the surface. And the shallow soil, of course, keeps us from developing roots. That it's shallow. It's a place of, of rocks. And it's not able to go deep. And no roots are ever developed. And what's he say? And when the time of testing comes, it's easily yanked. In the time of testing. Now, I wish I could say to us that we would not go through rocky moments in life. But how many know? It's not the case. You see, because every one of us started on the footpath. The seed fell along the footpath and somewhere we had to come back behind and cultivate that. And it even fell in places of rocky soil because we go through the rocky moments of life, but we got to plow and sometimes you got to kick up those rocks and, and, and prepare the, the, the ground and stuff. But, but our hearts, if we go through those rocky places, how we listen, how we respond. Here's what Jesus says. Uh, of course, he, he says of, of the one who hears, he gives us this warning Listen how he says they hear. He says they heard with joy. Isn't that right? 
He said they received the word with joy. They heard it with joy. How many know joy is an emotion? Let me ask you today, has your legacy journey, your walk with Christ, gone beyond an emotion? Or are we dangerously hanging out in a place where we just want to hear what our itching ears want to hear? Paul told Timothy, be careful in the last days. Be careful that there'll be, that there'll be those that'll do away with sound doctrine. They won't want to hear what the sound doctrine is. But instead, they'll surround themselves with people who will tell them what their itching ears want to hear. And the translation of that itching means to tickle. And how many know tickling makes you feel good? How many know what I'm talking about? And they heard it with joy. They heard it with joy. And what they're hearing, they're saying, we're hearing it. And we've only heard to the point that makes us feel good. And then when rocky, rocky moments happen and rocky occurrences happen in life, when difficult things happen in life, there's no root because it's all been surface. It's all been emotional. It's been, it's been the emotions of how it makes us feel. How, does that make sense to anybody this morning? That the seed, of course, comes to that place and it doesn't produce. It doesn't go deeper. And then he gives us another one. He says again, he says the third seed fell on thorny ground. Jesus says that they hear and they accept it. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked out by life's worries. I love in the early part when Jesus is telling the story, he says that it grows up with the thorns. And I believe this soil, that we become those who listen, and we listen to the word of God, and we unfortunately just hear the word of God along with everything else. And instead of the word of God becoming the primary emphasis and the point of which we build our lives upon, we unfortunately allow God to just be one of the other things that fill our life. Our our life is made up of other stuff, and all of us have life that's made up of other stuff, but unfortunately we accept God. And I remember a gentleman, he spoke at my graduation, uh, uh, our baccalaureate uh, service back when I was graduating 20 years ago. Unbelievable how that happens. 20 years ago when I graduated, this man Jerry Meadows, I remember the message he preached at that service that I was at. And he said these words, he said, nowhere in the Bible did Jesus say accept me. He said, we've added that. Jesus said, follow me. But our culture is comfortable with accepting him. Because when we accept him, we just put him on our spiritual or our life's tool belt with all the other stuff we have. Well, I've got this, I've got that, and I might as well just put Jesus with it. And the danger of this listening is when we don't listen to Jesus as the primary or his word is not the deciding factor, we couple it with everything else. We try and make it fit according to culture. How many know that our world is doing this today? That we take God's word and we like the part of God's word that says we need to love one another and we, and we need to be kind to one another, but we interpret that for what it means and we try to bend it and make it fit so that we can call life whatever we want it and, and we, can, we, can, we can redefine cultural things in life and things that, that are around us to try and make it feel good and make it seem okay. But the danger of just mixing it with everything else, how many know along the way you're going to pervert the word of God and if you don't have the whole word of God, you don't have anything. If you're standing on half the word of God, you're not standing on anything. We must be people who stand firmly upon the word of God and and the the promise of his word. There's thorns, the worries of riches, the worries of life come and it chokes out. You know, this this is the ground. They heard it and they responded. They received it. They've had moments with God, but then life's worries happen. Life's worries. I don't know what your life worry is right now. I don't know what the life worry for you. The Bible says that life's worry, riches, pleasure, 
the things of life. God, help us to put in perspective that the riches and the things of life are only for a moment. Let's store up things in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy, thieves cannot steal, but we allow the word of God to to put in us things that are of righteousness that we can build upon. The third seed, of course, being that thorny ground that it, that it chokes out. And fourthly, he says it's good soil. The good soil are those that hear it, retain it, and by persevering, by persevering, produce a crop. Are we going to reach a place we've never gone before in our walking and going to a place we've never been before? If so, we're going to have to listen like we've never listened before. Because we're going to go where we need to follow instructions because we can no longer go on memory anymore. I can no longer say, well, back in the day, I remember how it happened this way. I remember what we did. I remember, and we, we reconnect the stuff that, that sometimes that, that we go backwards and miss, and God says, I want to take you where you've never been before. Then I'm going to have to listen like I've never listened before. This fourth soil says that they hear the word and then they retain it, or another translation says they cling to it. How many know when you cling to it, you get it? You get a hold of it. You take a hold of it. You, you begin to, 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 to hold on to that. And the more you hold on to it, the more it begins to become your life. You may have been in a place, and, and I'm sure there's some of us here, and we read the Bible, we try to read the Bible, but the Bible seems to be so far beyond that we can't understand it or comprehend it. You know what I say to folks when they say, Jason, I'm trying to read the Bible, but it just doesn't make sense. I don't get it. I say to them, I say, ask God for wisdom and keep reading. Because as you stay in that path, As you move in that way, he is the one who enlightens because it is not by might, not by power, not by our own ability, but by his spirit that brings the enlightenment. As you spend time in the presence of God, he reveals things and he shows you things. And so we've got to be people who persevere. How many know what that word persevere means to hold back even in the midst of resistance? He says here that they retain the word and by persevering, they produce a crop. Here's what he says to us. If you're going to have soil that's going to produce a crop, then you're going to have to persevere. If you persevere, that means you've got to go through places that sometimes are pressing moments in life. Sometimes moments of of, of, that, that might be difficult. And here's what I believe, that in order for God to get us to a legendary place, we've got to go through legendary trials. David faced Goliath. Jonah in the whale. Daniel slept with lions. You, you go on and on. Esther confronted the king. You go on and on in places that God takes us to legendary places, to places of great impact because we've gone through places of great trial. We have to go through those seasons and through those life's moments because that's what God is producing. Jesus even said that we need to stand firm to the end because those who stand firm to the end will be saved. The hope that we have is in Jesus Christ. So I need to listen like I've never listened before. Because if I believe God's going to take me to a place I've never gone before, then I can't just go according to how I've seen it done, how I remember doing it myself. I've got to say, God, I'm closing my eyes, and I'm hearing your voice, and I'm moving because your word says so. Because your word says so. I don't know where your soil is today, that maybe it's on the foot, the commonplace, it just fell on the footpath. And you need to cultivate that today. You need to own that today. You need to say, God, I'm making this my faith. That I'm, my faith and my trust in you. Maybe you're in the place where it's falling on, on shallow ground, the rocky soil. You're going through a rocky moment in life. Things are shifting like an earthquake in Nepal. I just, last night we were sitting down and uh, 
watching the uh, end of the Pirates game, Jody and I, and, and I just pulled up the uh, news because I heard the report that Baltimore fans have to stay in the stadium because there's riots going on outside of the stadium, and so they have to stay in the stadium. I didn't hear how that ended, but I thought, my, I want to find out what's going on. So I jump on my, on my smartphone to look at, the, at what's happening, and I pull up na- a national news page, and here are the headlines, all in order. Russia is selling missiles to Iran. Underneath that, earthquake in Nepal. Underneath that, riots that are happening. Underneath that, that there is the uh, president has been the first one to use transgender in his, in his speech. And all of those things I looked at, I said, God, this is called the end times and we're in the middle. The Bible says earthquakes in diverse places, that wars and rumors of war and things that are happening. Church, be careful that your ears are not plugged up, but that you listen and be at a place. And here's what you listen. The Bible says that we're listening for a trumpet. And how many know that trumpet is coming from the sky? And Jesus said, when you see these things occur, look up because your redemption draws nigh. I want you to know this morning, the temptation... The temptation is going to be to try and make things better on this earth. Listen, I will always stand for marriage. I believe what the Word of God says about marriage, but I believe that. But I'm not here to fight for marriage. I'm here to stand firm in the truth of God's Word. I'm going to preach the Word of God and allow Him to take care of the things that are, that are around us because I just want to pursue the will of God. Don't get caught up in these last days that there are those that say, and I believe this is what Jesus said, there are going to be those who say, hey, Jesus is out there, go listen. You're going to have more and more people who are going to say what we ought to do in the last days. Can I just simplify it and tell you this? Folks, we ought to just set our eyes to heaven and our ears to the word and say, oh God, make us people firm in our faith and standing firm and pressing forward that we might see your glory. Because yes, there's a world unraveling around us, but here's what I want you to know, that even Even though when all the round gives way, my anchor holds and my foot is steady upon Jesus Christ, this rock that I stand on. You're going to have all kinds of stuff coming and fighting for your attention. You're going to have all kinds of people. You know what, Pastor? We need to preach this stuff today. We need to do this stuff today. I believe you, but I'm stuck to this one thing. I just want Jesus Christ and him crucified and the blood that covers and the redemption of sins. That when we do that, he'll take care of all the rest. He'll bring us into that place. He'll walk us into those things. And in these days, I just want to encourage you, church, if we're going to go where we've never gone before, and the ultimate place I've never gone before is heaven, then I've got to listen like I've never listened before. I'm going to ask the worship team to come and help us close this morning. I want you to hear this. The Lord showed me this in just my devotions this week as I've been studying and reading in 2 Samuel. But in 2 Samuel chapter 6, 2 Samuel chapter 6. David is excited because they're going to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. The Philistines had captured it. The Philistines had, had, uh, had uh, caused trouble. But the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, was able to take care of itself while it was away. The Bible said they put it in the, the Philistines' temple where the, the Dagon God was there. And in the place there, every time the priest would get up the next day and go into worship Dagon, they would find Dagon on his face because the Ark of the Covenant was right beside him. So they put Dagon back up on his place and they come back the next morning. Guess where they found Dagon? Back on his face. Why? Because the presence of God is enough to take care of itself. I don't need to defend God. I don't need to defend God. He is my defender. 
I don't need to come to his rescue. He came to my rescue. I don't need to come and give him a good name. He came and changed my name. I don't need to, I don't need to do anything for God because I couldn't do anything for God because he has done everything for me. The only thing I could do is say, Lord, here is my life of worship and my praise to you. There's nothing I could do. I love, we heard it said here one time, there was a video that was on. This gentleman said, feel like I let God down. And he said, well, when were you ever holding him up? When were you ever holding him up? When was it ever by what you could do and what you could accomplish? David brings the Ark of the Covenant. The, the Philistines had captured. They said, the Philistines said, it keeps messing up our God. We don't want anything to do with this. Send him back to Judah. Put him over there. So it comes into the town and they're like, hey, we've got it here. And David, finally, after time, David says, we're going back. Let's go, men. We're bringing the ark, the presence of God, back to where it belongs. And they start taking it. The Bible says they put it on a cart. And as they put it on a brand new cart, there were Ohio and Uzzah who were walking with it. Ohio in the front and Uzzah in the back. And the Bible says that when it came to Nacor's threshing floor, when it came to Nacor's threshing floor, the ox stumbled. And Uzzah reached out to steady the ark. And when he did that, the Bible says that God says that because of his irreverence, and his heart was good, he was wanting to steady it. But here's the problem. They didn't listen to what God said to do. You weren't supposed to put the ark on a cart. In fact, if you go back to Numbers chapter 4, it was only the priests that were supposed to carry it. In fact, when it was time, Aaron said, God told Aaron, said that when it's time, you call the certain priests and they'll put it on their shoulders and they'll carry it. You don't put it on a cart. And when they came to Nacor's threshing floor, what's the threshing floor? The threshing floor is the press. It's the place where things get pressed. It's the place where, where stuff is pressed and the stuff that gets blown away in the wind. In fact, you would find it on a hill. You would find it on a hill. And so imagine they're carrying the cart. And all of a sudden, the, the ox is pulling it. They're going to the top of the hill. They get to the top of the hill, and they have to go across Nacon's threshing floor. It would have been a big, big uh, uh, stone there that would have been. And they had to cross it because that's where they would, they would smash the wheat. And they would, they would let the stuff. The reason they had it up on the hill is because the wind blows on the hill, right? And so they would smash the wheat or they would hit it hard with rakes. They would do something against the stone and the wind would be up on that hill and the wind would blow away the dead stuff. And what was left was the stuff that they would plant, the stuff that they would use. So they came to Nacon's threshing floor, the place where stuff would get crushed. And when they came to Nacon's threshing floor, the Bible said the ox stumbled. I want you to know, had they listened to God going in, it would have been a different story coming out. Now God went back and they brought it back. Things were okay. Yes, Uzzah died. How you make up for that? But you're going to go through moments and can I tell you, it's a place called Calvary that's up on a hill. It's a place where things go to die. It's a place where things get crushed. And when you go through that place, sometimes we listen to God and we go and we get to the cross moments of life and say, God, I didn't sign up for this. God, I, I don't want to lose this. I don't want to die this. I don't, want, I don't want this to be gone. And sometimes we put on a cart, but it was meant to put on our shoulder. Because if you carry it on your shoulder, 
You might stumble sometimes, but the presence of God will never crush you. You might fall. I'd rather fall under the presence of God. I'd rather fall under his mercy than to be crushed by the things around us. And so the presence of God, you come to those moments when I'm listening to his voice and his voice that says this, I'll never leave you or forsake you. His voice that says this, I'm for you and not against you. His voice that says that even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, do not fear. I will guide, I'll direct you. That when I hear his voice, I might come to those moments and say, God, this is a tough spot in life. But I want you to know it's going through that tough spot, hearing the voice of God, that I'm able to come out on the other side. And when I get on the other side of Nacor's threshing floor, I look back and I say, God, I'm somewhere I've never been before. I'm at a place I've never been before. Some of you are coming up to Nacor's threshing floor, that place where things need to die. And you say, God, I'm stumbling along the way. Here's the grace of God. You're here today and some of you right now, the Holy Spirit is convicting you. And I want you to know, yes, it's through the preaching of the word. The Holy Spirit's convicting you. And that conviction isn't calling you worthless. That conviction isn't calling you no good. That conviction is saying, I love you and I don't want to leave you the way you've been. I don't want you to keep going where you've been in the familiar circle and the place that you are. I want to take you where you've never been before. And if the Spirit of God is convicting you, can I say to you, if you feel a presence of the Lord and you feel God is convicting you in an area and saying to you, you need to get better listening skills, don't feel beaten up by that. Begin to rejoice and say, thank you, God, that your presence is with me, that you never leave me, that you're here with me. Because listen, if you can hear his conviction, then it's a good sign that he's still leading you. He's still moving you. But if you ignore the voice of God, if you ignore the speaking of God be careful because there won't be any roots and the sun will scorch it be careful they just grow up with all the other thorns and all the other stuff and it'll just blend in be careful but God give us ears to hear give us ears to hear how many would say that this morning Lord give me ears to hear Lord give me ears to hear Would you, just right where you are right now, just ask him that. Holy Spirit, give me ears to hear, oh God. Give me ears to hear. They're going to sing through it all in just a moment. Before they do, if you're here today with every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, Jason, I'm here today and my soil, the the seed has fallen on the footpath and it's been calm on a commonplace and I've not made it my faith, but today I'm going to cultivate that. I want to make that my faith. I'm putting my faith in Jesus Christ today. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? If that's you this morning, God bless you. Is there anyone else today? Amen. Once you've raised your hand, you can put it down. Is there anyone else this morning? We're going to sing this song and I want to pray this prayer. Can we pray this together? Every single one of us. Jesus, thank you for being with me. I know you're here today. You're speaking to me. I respond to your word. I give my life to follow you. Help me to take the first step and the next step and every day after to walk after you and your word. Come into my life. Make me new by the blood of Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. And amen. Thanks for listening. 
tune in again next week.